Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 12 of the Nomads of Fantasy podcast. My name is Brandon, I am your host, and I'm also here with Eric. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Uh, and Dave? Uh, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! There we go. There we go. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. <laughs> All right, I need... I wasn't so going to pick the obvious one. I wanted to pick No, that one. was good. Yeah, I'm glad you guys picked both of those. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we decided to watch Die Hard. Uh, Dave and I have seen this movie before because we're both 40, so clearly we, there's a moment in our life where we saw it. Eric is only in his 20s. You're what, 26? 26, so yeah. You ha- yeah. So, yeah, obviously it's a movie that's from before. Uh, this movie came out in 1988. You haven't seen it. Uh, so you're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, quick little tidbit. Uh, that movie came out in July, actually. I July think, 15th, the middle of July. 1988. Oh, okay, yeah, and it's July 22nd, so we're really just, like, what, 23 years, like, uh, anniversary kind of 33. thing going there? Um, 33. Oh, I'm sorry, 33. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so old. <laughs> yeah, it makes it even better, because now it's a classic. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but before we get into the movie, as exciting as it is, uh, let's catch up. So let's start with, uh, Eric, what have you been up to since we last talked? Sure, yeah, mine's going to be super quick. Um, I haven't had much of a chance to play many games this week but we played i think really the only times i played were we we did a little stream on i forgot what day it was might have been monday or tuesday um we played a little bit more dungeons and dragons dark alliance which oh i was God. getting so oh, fucking yeah. frustrated with i'm so pissed off <laughs> oh my we God. both deleted it after i deleted we played it. it i fucking it, deleted that game the game and it was worse. The AI was so bad. It was so bad. It was horrible. It was just, this is, it was horrible. Like, and when we were fighting those bosses, like, one, whatever, one of the, the bosses we fought, it was like three different bosses, and we had to fight them all at the same time. And, like, just the range on their attacks, like, they wouldn't even be facing you, and they, you would still get hit by their attack, and it, it was just all janky bullshit. I was getting so pissed off. Um, so, yeah, that was, I mean, it was fun just to play it again, but... I'm glad that, I don't know, I probably won't play that one again, if I'm being honest. Um, and then we were streaming, yeah, after Dave left, uh, Brandon and I stayed on a little bit. We played some Super Animal Royale on stream a little bit, and we got our asses handed mm-hmm. to us. That's the twin stick uh, battle royale yeah. game, the cartoon characters. Cutesy little animals, yeah. Um, That's good. I like, it's, I like that game, it's fun, but like. I like it. I don't know if. Everybody's better now. Is yeah. everybody up to up to speed? Just so beating the shit out. Of I don't know if people have just been playing it and getting better, but we got our asses kicked. We did relatively well the first time we played it. Like all of us together, we did pretty good in our squad. But yeah, Brandon and I were doing duos, and we were just getting our asses kicked. Um, so bounced off that one kind of quickly, and then uh, I streamed. The, I talked about Carry On last week. I've been on a pretty big roller coaster with this game. Um, so I was loving it in the beginning. I was get, I got super close to the end, and then I got lost and could not find out where to go. Got super pissed and uninstalled the game. <laughs> Rage uninstalled it. And then I was like, yes. th- I was thinking about it more. I'm like, okay, I was so close to the end. I got to just go back and beat it. So I reinstalled it. I, um, <laughs> play- <laughs> I played the rest on... Do you feel shame? Yeah, I, I did. You feel shame when you press that reinstall button? Good. No, I, I didn't. Well, kind of, I did. 
but I, <laughs> I just couldn't get out of my head that I was like five minutes from the end of that game. I really uh. just wanted to finish it. So I was looking up like walkthroughs and like where to go and how to, you know, maps and how to get back to where I was. So I reinstalled it. I played the rest on stream and it only took me like 15 minutes to find the ending and beat it. And I was satisfied with that. So, mm. um, and then there's like a, some DLC too. Uh, it's like Christmas themed DLC, which I started up <laughs> on stream too. And that was actually really fun. It seems more, uh, linear than the main game. So I, how is it Christmas theme? That seems like a weird, it's like in this <laughs> weird angle. It's like in this facility, I mean, there's like Christmas decorations all over the place. There's like lights, Christmas lights, and there's like, like you can see outside of the facility, it's like snowing and stuff. It's got a, uh, okay. it's got a light yeah, Christmas cool. theme, but it's fun. I, I, I was like Die Hard. Yeah. Kind it's of, a good yeah. uh, transition, but yeah, I was having fun <laughs> with that. I'm trying to get a little bit more into the streaming stuff. I've been messing around a lot with it. Um, I, I want to start streaming out stuff a little bit more as I play it, but... If you want to check out the streams, check out twitch.tv slash nomads of fantasy. I'll just plug that right now. Um, I mean, we don't have a, a set schedule or anything. We're just kind of streaming stuff out whenever we feel like it. But, you know, give us a follow and whenever we go live, you can check us out playing some games. But that's all I got. What about you, Dave? Uh, I got, I. it was a rainy, rainy Saturday in Buffalo. So I did a lot of gaming where I sat around with family uh we uh started with i guess me and uh, me and the kid played some gang beasts that one was pretty cool dude gang beasts has been super popular in my house between my yeah. six-year-old and my two-year-old i mean he's almost three but still like yeah i've Once played you a little bit out, with them. yeah the controls and how to start lifting people up and chucking them that's uh it gets pretty fun especially with all the different levels and stuff but good for a four-year-old to run around i guess to explain it i guess you would you call it just like a a royale game where you're just trying to chuck the other person off a cliff or into a octopus or something like that basically you're wrestling around but uh that was a good one uh we tried playing a little bit of arc the new dlc got added to game pass um the aberration i think was the last one that was on there but uh i didn't didn't really feel that one because uh it's all like future city stuff and you're running around cities with cyborg dinosaurs and it gets kind of batty so i was i just want the classic dinosaurs so yeah that one was uh that was all right but all those got added to game pass so you can try out all these cool new worlds and all sorts of crazy ass dinosaurs and stuff like that uh tried a bit of genesis noir i tried to i was looking for a wifey game i'm like yeah this one's weird and artsy maybe she'll glom onto it play for like an hour it's i guess it's an adventure game technically and you are it's like completely black and white noir style um and you're trying to save this singer girl but it's all sorts of weird metaphors for the universe, and I don't know. I didn't think the gameplay was too exciting, but uh, that one didn't last too long. I know it's not a long game, but... I've had that installed on my hard drive for a while. I When it first came out, people were like, kind of... There was some buzz around it, which is why I downloaded it, but I haven't touched it yet. But our style is just crazy. It's all just black and white, and the animation's super smooth, and it's, 
I mean, it's kind of really trippy. There's you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, have you seen Soul, the Pixar movie? It reminded me of a lot of that abstract yeah. type yeah. stuff in mm-hmm. Soul. Like those, all that line, okay. the line work and stuff, the line art. Uh, I thought yeah. that, that was cool. Yeah, there's a lot of mini games in it, and it's really confusing, and I wasn't, I don't know. Maybe it was too late in the night, but that one didn't last, and my wife looks at me, and she goes, what happened to that weird internet game you were playing? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I see. So I threw some Hypnospace Outlaw back on. That game, I, I got stuck for a little bit, because some of those missions are kind of, you got to do some real detective work to, like, mm-hmm. you know, put the pieces together. So I used a little bit of a Google helper, but um, that game is kind of crazy. It, it's just kind of batshit insane. Mark Granny's hot butter ice cream. <laughs> you open up, you know, other different websites and stuff like that. And I can you can see a story happening where, like, you know, you had to ban some people and now they're pissed at you. And I guess I guess we'll see what comes of that. But that one I'm going to chip away at. Um, I threw Wasteland 3 back in for a little bit. Uh, turn-based strategy game. From, turn-based, right? Yeah, it's like um, like an X. You're you're a new standard XCOM game. Yeah, you do um, you two play turn-based game like strategy games. I do not really anymore. I, I've noticed no. that. It's nice because it's just a slower pace. I was gonna throw some up on Twitch or whatever while I was playing, but uh. The music gets kind of repetitive in it, so I threw on Spotify, so I know you can't stream and do that. Or oh, okay. Get us immediately booted, but uh, but it's it's one of those weird things where you come back to a game after a long time, like especially like an RPG, and like, I made all these decisions before, but I don't really remember what they are when I'm coming back into it. So I went right. you know, played for an hour, an hour or two doing something, and then I got to the gigantic robot Ronald Reagan statue, and <laughs> I had previous. I previously uh, done a mission or two to like beef him up so he's like super powerful, and then I decided to uh, murder the Ronald Reagan artificial intelligence and send him to the robot commune with the robot sex robots and all sorts of weird stuff. And the giant Reagan killed me over and over and over again. So I gotta <laughs> I gotta rethink some strategies there. Hopefully, load up an old save, but uh, that's a that's a good turn-based RPG for when you're just kind of lazy and sitting around. Get into some story there. It's got a good, some good comedic value to it too. Oddly, oddly. Uh, and the last one I played, they just added a game pass blood roots and it is, it looks like, um, I'm trying to think of what the art style looks like. It's an indie game. Uh, it's, yeah, I played it as well the other night, and it is fun. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot. I don't know. Uh, it looks like a lot of indie games. It's kind of got a cell shaded. Um, by by Paper like Cult Incorporated. Cartoon. Paper Cult is the uh, developer hmm. and publisher. So that one's out on oh, PlayStation, okay. Switch, Xbox. But it's like Katana Zero, where you're doing like run bases through like little chunks of levels, trying to murder everybody. Oh yeah! If you get shot once, you're dead, right? Yeah. Basically, so and yeah, you move you're quick. just grabbing. There's weapons, like literally, you can pick up anything off of the ground. You can Any, pick up. I love it. Ladders. You can pick up a chicken. You can pick up a fish, and everything does something. Like there, there's like the one boards where you get to like, and you can jump extra high because you're using it as a springboard, and it's got a nice wide sweep. But 
Like, if your timing's off just a little bit, dudes just punch you once and you just die and have to start the whole <laughs> yeah. thing over. So that one is fun, though, but because it's got, like, a good, cool story and the cinematography on it is super cool. Like, when you it's finish like the level. It's like a Tarantino guy. Yeah, like, yeah. So he has, like, that. Oh, <laughs> you guys are selling me on this. I've had it sitting out. I bought it on Switch, like, when it was super cheap, and I haven't touched it yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's 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 kind of, I had no idea. I literally just download it, because that's what I do with Game Pass. I look at maybe, like, a couple images. I'm like, sure, I download it, yep. I play it. This one is just, pff, it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, don't ruin it, maybe. Just. No, that it's a pretty fun man. I gotta, game. There's I'll more. Check it out. So it's yeah, it's got cool. Nine out of ten on Steam. Eight out of ten on IGN. So. Oh okay. All right. Not, yeah. So we like it. It never seems like everybody else does. But yeah, it's definitely a cool one to jump into. It gets. I get a you know a little frustrated sometimes when I can't get a run going, but you know this is the same thing with Katana Zero, where like if you can't get through the building this way, maybe try this way the next run, and something mm-hmm. weird happens where yeah. you can figure. Stuff I do out like that. Or, I don't mind that. It's almost yeah. like a turn-based strategy because you do are you are repeating the turn. It's just like one long turn kind of thing. Do 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 do. Start over. All right. Uh, yeah. I, there's some strategy to these games. Yeah. So that was a uh, definitely a good one. I'm probably gonna. It'll be a little side game. I'll nip away at probably for a while. And then that was it for games. I did watch like a couple episodes of My Hero. Uh, we're yes. still working through Fuck season yeah. two. Wow. Uh, still doing that tournament thing on tv where they're all competing yep. with each other and the last one we just did where they were stealing headbands from each other trying to win that I, contest. yeah i like that that little uh tournament it's tough because like i'm watching on hulu and the commercials are obnoxious yeah um and then like the episodes like you know however many minutes long but the first chunk same thing first chunk and chunk you can skip and then like this little tournament in the coliseum has been like i don't know half the season so far so I guess we'll yeah. see where it goes from there. I was going to say, it, yeah. that's that's kind of how the seasons work with My Hero. There's like a big thing for most of the season, and then you get like a little arc at the end where it leads into the next season. Um, that's kind of yeah. how it goes with the with the with with this. But yeah, um, I, I was just reminded that I actually did play something else. Um, after, oh, I, okay. after I rage quit on Carry On, <laughs> I had, um, I booted up super hot, Mind Control Delete. Have you guys checked oh, that one? Oh, nice. yeah, okay. Which, yeah, I was in the... I have yet to do that. I have it. I was, yeah. I had, like like I said on last week's episode, this was another one that I've had downloaded for months on end, just sitting there waiting to be played. Um, and I finally just was like, okay, I'm in the mood for some super hot. Um, so I checked that out. And it's really cool. I mean, it's basically just more super hot, but the twist they added is it's um, they made it into a roguelike, essentially. Uh, so it, I think they're randomly generated levels, um, and you're going through each of these scenarios, and like you can get different power ups. Like you can get unlock abilities to like start with a random gun, or you know, I think you start with um, you get two hits, and if you get uh hit twice your run is over essentially and you have to start over um but you can get like health upgrades and like ability upgrades like if you get hit you can shoot like shurikens out of yourself it's really cool because you you're just going through these different levels and it's it's more super hot and if are so, they randomly generated levels? i believe they are procedurally generated oh cool um which the only problem with that is i have run into some of them that are repetitive um like the maps I think the encounters are procedurally generated, like the enemies, but
but there's only a set number of different like level layouts that there are. So you uh, do okay. you do get some repeats, but I'm having enough fun with it where I just I you know I like Super Hot and it's it's just fun to play more of it. That makes me happy. I like the the one that I did play, and I like that one day I turned on my Xbox and the developers over at Super Hot thanked me for buying the first one and gave me. They just give you the fucking game for free. It's a whole yeah, new game. Just like, yeah, that is so good. That's cool. And there's a lot of the like meta stuff that Super Hot has. I won't spoil it because yep. I want you guys to play it if you're if you haven't yet. Okay. But yeah, it's no, I have not. It's really good. I would if you like Super Hot, you'll like this. I'll just say that. Okay, huh. I do. More Super. Yeah, I'm at good. the end of that one. Of the first one. Uh, well, hey, real nice. quick for me, uh, I had a wedding. Nice. I had to go to a wedding. I was out of town, so I didn't get to play too much, but I did play some golf. Story. I told yes. you that I bought it, and I actually played it over that week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, how much did you play? I did play End a little bit. Huh? How much did you end up playing? Um, I just helped. I just like I challenged all the kids on the that are training with coach. Coach does not like me. Um, <laughs> trying to remember, but yeah, I went around the park doing all the activities, and it is cool. I don't know how to describe this game, dude. It's, yeah, it's so unique. It's the RPG, but it's golf. Exactly, and it's, the yep. golf is really basic, which yep. I love. It's just really. And they don't really hold you back. It's like you you shoot, you don't get it, shoot again. Like there's not like you got three tries right. and you know, it's there's no fetch quests yet. It it I love the humor. It's got that the the um, the, what do they call it? English, English. Yeah. Is that the when when like the translation's really bad? Um, I don't. Is it like on purpose or what? I, because there's uh, I vaguely remember that, like, but I feel like it is on purpose because. Okay, so there's like a ice cream truck for some reason on this golf course and this little kid will just run up and this guy's like handing out ice cream and then this kid just steals the ice cream cone and runs away and he keeps like kind of grabbing things and running away and uh he keeps saying sucked in actually okay i think instead of sucker i think that this game was developed in australia so that might just be like a a cultural australian thing I want to say this is an okay. Australian developed game, so there is some of that. There's a couple stuff. other things that are just okay. Some of that different like, like terminology, yeah. But sucked right. in, well, yeah. Yes, all right, yeah, hold sucked on. in. Hold I remember on. that one too. Let yeah. me give you. Let me give you the urban dictionary. Urban dictionary for <laughs> sucked in is a mean spirited Australian or at least Melbourne yep. schoolyard slang to express one's enjoyment over a friend's misfortune or suffering. Yeah. Similar to the German okay. word Schadenfreude. Yeah, so Australian. Okay. Yep. That's Australian slang. Oh, yeah. that. Boom. That's crazy. Uh, okay, well, thanks for... Now I know. I feel better, actually. <laughs> thank uh, you, Internet. Thank you. Uh, other than that, I played more of uh, Neon Abyss. I'm really liking that a lot. Oh, that was a good one. Have you beat the first I'm boss in there? I'm having a lot of fun. What's that? Have you beat the first boss in there yet? You do like well, five, you, five runs five, and then you get oh, to the Oh, no. I've gotten... I keep dying on like the fourth level. I just play in short bursts. Um, like I said, I didn't get to play too much. I just played it the other night for uh, for like an hour. Um, That's... I like roguelikes just for that. Just for those little short bursts for stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, some of them are too Scott. hard. This one, I just love... It's I don't know. I, I like it better than that other game where uh, he's got like the red face. Um, Is it... You know Kunai, are you talking about? No, is that the one I'm thinking of? No, 
Uh, that's a different game. Never mind. No, it's another popular um, one where he just has like a very nondescript face, and it's just like a red face, and he runs around. It plays just like Neon Abyss. Oh, but, de- um, Dead Cells? No. Dead Cells, thank yeah? you. Okay. Dead, it is that's Dead a, Cells. That's the yeah. fire face. Yeah. I, fire, that's what it is. I'm trying to think. Anyways, forgettable character design, stupid. But that game is kind of fun to play, and I <laughs> kind of like sweep. all the different things. That's a but... sweeping, bold statement, but okay. I, hey, right listen, it's just a hot take on my part, but I don't know. <laughs> Neon Abyss has a way more charm, way more uh, fun going on, and I don't know. I'm really liking that, so it's kind of giving me the thing that I, I think I wanted out of Dead Cells that I didn't get, and this game's giving it to me. So I don't know. I'm happy. Sweet. It's uh, Team Seventeen it. too, right? That's the Worms crew. I I think so. I want to say I, I honestly Blade. can't remember. I've only played like which is good to times. see. Like I like to see other things coming out of Team Seventeen. They usually put out some cool shit. So. To me, they're like a stamp of approval. Like I always, you know, I always trust like certain, certain developers or certain, you know, whatever. Like Bethesda, I'll try. Ubisoft, I'll try. You know, Neverrealms, I'll try. Uh, oh, dude, did you guys see Injustice? It's gonna have. Did Did you share that? Car- did yeah, it's this? gonna have a cartoon for the Injustice dude, series. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I saw that Resident Evil's also got their three their uh, CG show on Netflix. I want to check that out. So I love Is that, that these out? games are getting some. Yeah, it's yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh no, shit! Yeah, I got it. So, uh, right. yeah, I would like to watch that too. Um, and then whenever we grow balls to play seven, <laughs> be it on Twitch or I was gonna say I'll play <laughs> something. I'll play it if you guys want to watch it. I'll 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 guide you through it. I don't know. I gotta play it. Maybe I'll play it. We all play at the same time, and we just kind of walk into ro- each room together, and we just support each other. Eric can just laugh at us as we scream like <laughs> yeah. babies. Uh, other than that, yeah, there's nothing else going on. So why don't we take a break and then let's talk some Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, baby. Okay, we're back and we're gonna talk some Die Hard. And like we talked about earlier, Eric hasn't seen this movie up until up for the show, but Dave and I had. So I just watched it today, super fresh. Um, I don't know, Dave, did you watch it or you just got locked in your head because you've seen it a thousand I, times? I watched a chunk of it today. Uh, I've probably seen it a hundred times. I don't know. Right. It's kind of it's kind of burned in. Uh, yeah, but Eric, you want to hit us up with some, you know, uh, break, break, break down the movie, you know? Yeah, uh, I'll just... We know that it came out in, what, 1988? Yep. Bruce Wilson. Summer 1988. Um, and it's, it's funny, this movie came out in summer because it takes place, uh, during Christmas. So it starts on Christmas Eve. Um, so, I mean, it starts off with Bruce Willis. He's coming from New York back to California. He's a cop in New York. Um, his wife took this huge, uh, like promotion with this big company, the Nakatomi corporation out in California. Um, and Bruce Willis decided to stay, uh, back in New York. Um, so right off the bat, you get this like estranged relationship between, uh, Bruce Willis and his wife, uh, Bruce Willis character, John McClane, uh, and his wife, Holly, um, and then they have two kids. So he's going back for Christmas to see his kids um, essentially he gets picked up and once, when he lands in California by this limo driver, Argyle, which is an interesting name. I always thought that, I thought that was <laughs> yeah. weird, but he was a cool character. I liked him. Um, 
And yeah, basically he gets he gets the Nakatomi Plaza, huge like you know modern industrial building, um, and he goes in. They're having this huge Christmas party up on like you know the one of the top floors, uh, and he meets his wife up there. Um, and then basically after that kind of shit kind of hits the fan, like you just see like these trucks pulling in and all these dudes coming out terrorists. I mean, you don't know at that point that they're terrorists, but, uh, they essentially come in and take everybody hostage, the whole, you know, the entire building, they lock down the entire building. Um, and their goal is just to steal these $600 million worth of bonds. Yeah which was yeah. interesting. Not even that much money either. It was yeah. only, I think it was only like 150 million. I'm like, wow, you guys are going through a lot of effort for not a th- I know, of money, especially I with guess. the military equipment that they had and all that stuff. I feel like they spent a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right, before Well, it was yeah. Should I, should I ask my questions now or should you guys want to ram through the plot? Well, hold on. Let, let, so it, yeah, so the bad guys show up, they take over the building, everybody's taking over yeah. hostages. They want money. Yeah, they want money. And the plan, and the police show up and they suck at their job. Basically, and John McClane is inside taking them out one by one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's essentially it. More or their less. Plan, yeah, their plan is to like steal these bonds and then blow up the top of the building to like make it oh, to, to make it seem like they died in the explosion, okay. so they wouldn't be tracked down after they stole all the money, which was a weird yeah. weird plan, but okay, whatever. Uh, it's a standard eighties action movie plot. Like it's nothing too in depth. Um, but yeah, you right. got well, Joe. It's and it's really, based on a book. It's. I thought it broke out of like the eighties action film stuff because like Rambo and we'll say like Terminator and all those things are like either like super serious murder, like just murder where Rambo's just going through the woods just stabbing motherfuckers. This one's kind of I did like comedy to I it. did it's like that there was a little bit of lighthearted funny moments in this. Um Well, hold on. Yeah, let, hold on. I I want to know, Eric, what did you think of this movie because Yes. I need please. to know. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Okay, thank you. Yes. All right. Okay, but what did you love about it real quick? I mean, um, what, what was it? Uh I don't know. A lot a lot of everything. Like we mentioned, there's like Dave just said, there's a ton of funny moments. Like I, I, I kind of went into this movie not really knowing much about it. The only things I knew about this movie are the, you know, the famous quotes. You got Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. All the gifs of John McClane fucking crawling through vents. And, yeah, you know who Hans Gruber is. Yeah, I know who Hans Gruber is. Which, by the way, is the dumbest supervillain name ever. It's I thought I think that name is so stupid, but whatever. He's German. <laughs> You got a you got Alan Rickman, an amazing English actor, playing a German dude. His first role, uh, and yeah, he was a Broadway kind of theater kind of dude. I guess this is like his first movie. So he's like in his. I mean, fucking destroyed it too. He was a really good villain, but his German accent was just not great. Uh, It was a little distracting. I don't know know why. Yeah, they're like we like British people though, so just kind of do the Alan Rickman, clog your voice a little bit. Well, it'll be fine. It's, I not, also, it's not American sounding. That's yeah, they had a good American accent, though, too. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, Clay. When he turned out to Bill Clay. Yeah, that was really good. Bill Clay. <laughs> that was but really I, all right, good. So that's cool, though. But you had fun with this movie. It's I had 80s. a lot of fun with it. The action it was, had good humor. One thing, it was a lot longer than I expected it to be. It's like almost two and a half it's hours. Long. It's over two hours. It's long. And, and it starts kind of quick. And once it starts, yeah. it doesn't stop so, up until... Um, 
let me see. I was thinking like it doesn't. It's weird because it doesn't start slow, but the first hour is kind of like like I said, standard eighties action. But once you introduce um, Powell, the police officer, like and you, he's got the rapport with John McCain, that's where it gets yeah. really good for me. Like them, their back and forth is just great. Um, McLean and Powell talking to each but- other. Isn't it crazy how many characters there are in this movie? I forget because, like, I was I made a note about the villains. How we don't really spend too much time with these guys. They are all named, but though. we do They're learn named some villains. Things. Yeah, like every henchman yeah. is na- has their own name, like Marco, Carl. Yeah, and they constantly. I like yep. that. They're constantly saying this guy's got the you know explosives. This guy's going down there. Oh, that guy was his brother. You know, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a sniper or, or something like this. Somebody's on the top shooting one gun. Um, the And then, like, the, the one guy's a hacker. Yep. And Theo. Uh, just, like, how how it was cool. It was cool. Almost like a comic kind of villain because the one guy's, like, calling the shots. He's, like, we got, he's, like, singing and kind of being quirky. Mm-hmm. He's, like, telling, like, a, I don't know, like, um, all through the house. I see four assholes coming up the back end, and yeah. so they send the guys, the Germans, with the bazookas to take out like the the truck that's coming up from behind or something. I thought it was just fun, and I don't know. Then there's like three layers of law enforcement. There's Officer Officer Winslow, or also known as Powell, right, yeah, right. And then you got that chief, deputy chief, guy, yeah, that guy. He's the worst I've ever seen. Like that guy should be fired. Um, and then the principal Fed from Bex- Breakfast Club, Paul Gleason. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then and then uh, one of the Fatelli brothers <laughs> uh, from the Goonies mm-hmm. shows up. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of recognizable <laughs> faces. But yeah, I yeah, I, so many characters. Yeah, I, that is interesting. That like you have this core group of character, like you have Hans Gruber at the top, and then you have all of his henchmen. But it's not like, I mean, there's only, what, like 10 different henchmen? It's not like there's 50 different guys running around. I think they around. start with 12. Yeah, 12. And I like how they there's a they have the number, and they're constantly exactly, yeah. <laughs> letting us know. Well, He's like, took out another one, yep. took out two more. John's like, yep, for you. I took out two, yep, I took out, I took out one more. Yeah, exactly. And it, it is nice, because, like, I mean, John McLean, I mean, he's a cop, but he's not, they don't really, like, try to make him like a superhero i mean kind of at the end but whatever he's just like a guy trying well, well that's the big thing about he's this just a guy trying that's... to get out of the situation and survive um and he's kind of using what's at his disposal to take these guys out you know he's very resourceful in that way he is yes i love how he is resourceful. and he's fucking barefoot it... the entire movie <laughs> <laughs> and all right, so I told you guys before we recorded how like that's a known thing, right? Where he's he's barefoot in this movie, but I forgot why and I didn't really pay attention. And then the opening scene was where he's it starts off with like the cameras on his hand and he's clenching like the armchair, like the the arms of of a seat. And it zooms out and it shows like this guy. And he's like you're, like nervous of flying, and he's like, yeah, you could say it. like you could say that. And then this is gonna be our action hero. And then the guy gives him a tip. The stranger's just like, yeah, you know, like, I get off and I dig my feet into, like, a carpet. And I just, like, what does he say? Like, does something Make with fists toes. Their toes. Make fists with Make your fists toes. Make fists with your toes, yeah. So, yeah, so McLean's, like, totally stressed out. And he's, you know, totally blue-collared, just the way he, like, acts. And he, 
you know, when he meets Argyle, he's like, all right, I don't really know much about limos and all that stuff, but I'm, I got to see my wife. He goes to this fancy um, Christmas party and at the Nakatomi uh, building. Uh, and then when he gets into that room with her, uh, she leaves, but he uh, he starts doing that the, mm-hmm. the thing with the toes. And then that's when Hans that's when all the all shit guys goes show down. up at the yeah. party, and I'm like, and he just goes to investigate. He's like, oh shit, he doesn't take. He does. I think he even looks at the shoes. He's like, ah, and he doesn't put them on. And it's just crazy how that that opening scene ties are, so much to the movie. It's crazy. There are no wasted scenes in like the first hour of the no. well, first hour of the movie. It like it sets up all the characters super good. It sets up the building. It does like. To have the building be like the building itself is kind of like a character in the movie right. where like it is. Oh yeah. In its own right. Because like so you know the layout, you know what the lobby looks like, you know what the parking garage looks like, you know what the party floor looks like. And you got all those and, unfinished floors at the top. The construction. Yeah. And, like, even yep. the, the little things in the beginning, like you know that you find out that he's a cop in like the first what, two minutes when he's talking to the guy in the plane. Oh, you yeah. Know? He and he, he's cracking wise. Yeah. smoking cigarettes. The one thing I thought was kind of cool was they were talking about how this was, he wasn't an action hero before this. He was a comedic actor for because he was on Moonlighting. I remember watching Moonlighting as a kid. Yep. Like, yeah, he's a TV guy. Oh, yeah, but everybody so, was passing it down. It, yeah, this was his first. But yeah, it worked like out because that's how the Matrix was. Choice. Yeah. But like, it's yeah, just... But that's the, what happened. They, like, it's like Bruce Willis made it. The, yeah, they set up like the, the bad boy, funny heartwarming guy like you know make it like when he sits when he rides in the limo he sits up front like he's just like an everyman yep. where like, I, like I, never, funny. I never rode in a limo either so you know it makes did him you like notice approachable that, and likable and all that so. did you notice though that like they called out like uh, hans is like who what are you when he's like first meets him on the on the the phone or Over whatever the radio the yeah. He, yeah he like what are you rambo and yes. then like later on it's gonna... like something about like Schwarzenegger. He did, yeah. He referenced like, they... Rambo and Arnold in this. I wrote that down in yeah. my notes. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I never noticed that. Yep. Um, yeah, I thought that was really funny. And Dave mentioned how the building itself is a character, which is really good. I think they did a really good job with the building. And there's a lot of parts in this movie where it's really effective, like the sense of like height and scale and everything of how huge this building is, because like. There's some scenes where John McClane, well, there's a lot of scenes where John McClane is hanging over this huge gap in an elevator shaft or like over the side of a building. And it like gives you anxiety (laughs) if you have a fear of heights. It definitely is effective. And claustrophobia when he's crawling through the vents like that was like they're so, you know, he's jammed in there so tight. And like, I don't know, I thought all that stuff was really effective and showing how like, you know, dire his situation was where he had to do all this crazy shit catching the catching the air vent right there with with just your fingers he fell maybe he fell maybe a story before he caught what's going for i'm like god damn that is some hand strength right he's putting a lot of faith in that uh gun strap to hold him hold his weight up Yeah, he he almost died a few times. Like when on one of the roof scenes, when he first like encounters the guys or something, like the the terrorists or whatever, they're shooting at him. And I'm like, man, they are just a horrible shot. He should have been killed. And my wife is like, yeah, they're worse than stormtroopers. And I'm like, they are. It is like plot armor. Like this guy cannot get shot at all. You know another like everybody's shooting all around. Another him funny thing. Remember the helicopter scene? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> right god. His feet. Another funny thing you mentioned that. 
this is another well this is like a trope of i mean i guess all action movies but 80s action movies especially is that guns just have unlimited ammo like i was just keeping track unless the good guy uh, right well even john McClane, he was firing like 20 shots off in his handgun before he like ran out of ammo they never <laughs> showed him reloading a clip or anything and then he picks up like a machine gun and he Kinda. shoots like 100 more bullets i just think it's funny He's always he's always recycling the the dead people's weapon, right? Like, uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, call kills of, one, grabs call of Duty another one. Right there. Yeah, when he's on a so, roll, he's on a roll. So, but I'm I'm going back a little bit. Like when he first gets to the tower or whatever, he meets his wife, and you find like they kind of bicker for a little bit when they first, you know, yeah. get back talking. And like she got a super nice job, so obviously she's the breadwinner in the family. This is more totally. Of a, this is the more of an overarching diehard question. And he's just a New York cop. Is he the dick for not moving out to L.A.? Because obviously he could get another job in L.A. Well, yeah, he's, she's, he's, she's always making... not perfect. Oh, yeah, he's... That's why he's always talking to himself. He's right. very hard on himself. The whole time he's like uncomfortable. The whole trip he's just... Yeah. He probably... He's well, like a blue-collar guy. He's a blue-collar I make the money. Yeah, well, he makes that. all these references like, oh, fucking California, you know? Because he's so used to New York mm-hmm. and he's like in this whole strange new world of California. Totally. You know? Yes. But is he a, is he a bad husband, though? He's nothing like Ellis. All right. Ellis, oh my God, <laughs> fuck that guy. Ellis. That dude, that actor that played him is fucking great. He's, I he's, he comes across as like such a perfect LA douchebag. Like, oh, he yeah. comes off love as, like, that guy. Perfect. When he when he, when he thinks he's gonna be the hero and like that was, real quick, that was I, a great I, scene. I, like, that was a great scene. <laughs> so like this guy is like he met, so I know in the book, which the book is called Nothing Lasts Forever, um, but in the book, I know there's a significant scene with the watch. Something about the watch and it happens in the book, and when at the end when she has to let go of the watch that Hans yep. is hanging on yep. to. Um, yeah, apparently that was more significant in the book, but in the movie, uh, they just—it's kind of a throwaway line, but they not really. Gloss over it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Alice is like, show her, show him the watch, show him the watch. Like it's a Rolex, and all, you know, like they're kind of just—I don't know—trying to impress John or whatever, make him feel poor or something right. like that. And uh, we never see it, but later on, that Rolex actually comes at the end. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize I didn't connect those two yeah, dots. Yep, at the end. Yeah, that's how. Yeah. Well, and then she be, and then the she get, she goes back to using McLean's name because she was she kind of went back to her old her maiden name for throughout the whole movie and that's mm-hmm. kind of a thing but but yeah I just uh, Ellis is um <laughs> he's like a, just an asshole but when he thinks he's gonna be a hero later on he's like I'm gonna talk to these guys like what are you doing like it's like, all they, coked these up guys are criminals. So a couple so lines like, <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's coked up the whole time he's like I make uh, million dollar deals for breakfast or something like that and he's just like eh. Let me talk to you. And it's just like the way he acts right. is so arrogant. I fucking love that. That was hilarious. Of course, it doesn't work. No. And he lot he gives. He's, but oh, yeah. So I noticed this is really clever. You prob, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this. And maybe they have. But when El, you don't know what Ellis is trying to do, you think he's trying to help just be like a good guy or something like that. When he pops in the Gruber's room, uh, in his office, there's a mirror so when you look at the shot, he pops his head on the right side through the door. There's a mirror opposite, and you see his face. So you see two of him at the same time. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting shot. I wonder why they did that. Like, I wonder if there's some meaning to it. And then the next thing you know, he's like, I can give you something. I can give you something that you'll you'll need to know or whatever. And it's it's it turns out to be his name, right? He knows is John McClane. That's mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't know him. That's he just knows the name. He right. He's a two face. And I was like, damn. 
Die Hard has got some hidden little message in there where this guy pops his head out and reveals that he's a two-faced son of a bitch. So, hmm. I don't know. I thought that was a cool little scene in this cool. action what, movie. Uh, I got one earlier, too. Like, terrorist, terrorist. Mm-hmm. I was watching some of the directors saying, and the one thing that they said, because they're saying that terrorists are no fun in movies. Terrorists, like are usually doing bad things and you don't feel, you don't feel anything for them. You just want them to just die because they're fucking terrorists. But he wanted to make the terrorists likable. That's why there are robbers in the movie, technically. Right. So like, well, the credits say terrorists, but in the movie, everybody calls them terrorists and they're like, we're not, they don't see them. I I see them as thieves. Hans, yeah. Essentially. I mean, that was like one of the keys to making it a summer block. Their goal wasn't to like kill people. It was just to take the money and run basically. Yeah. Well, they but, do walk straight up and just shoot. They, uh, the they do do that. Yes, that, that is true. Blank. They have a they have a plan. But. They have a mission. Yeah, they're ex- executing a plan. Yeah, and the president of the company gets shot for not knowing something and being stubborn. They're like, all right, you're yeah. dead. They just don't care. Mm-hmm. They're but they're bad when guys. They, when they get there, they know that the building. It's like Taka, Takagi is the guy's yep. name. Yes, like they yep. know all this shit about him, but it's the '80s, so there's no fucking internet, so they don't know what he looks like. Right. I I'm thought like, that's so wait, interesting. You guys, you guys are here to rob this building, and you don't know what the guys look like. You're like looking around. You got all his stats and what area he went to school and blah blah blah, and you just know he's an Asian guy. But because there's no internet back then, like you yep. don't know what he looks yeah. like. I just yeah. thought it was fucking funny. The, it was little... What'd you think of the technology, Dave? Dude, I was gonna bring up the technology. I have, I have it written down here. '80s computers are fucking awesome. <laughs> the touchscreen and the Dude, maps. Remember the first? Well, when he, when John McClane first gets into the fucking building. He goes up to this touchscreen like thing. It's like such such an eighties like chunky monitor and all that stuff. It was like so high tech back in the day. And then the security guards dash console. I was watching. I watched like the first hour with my wife, and she was like, it "Looks like fucking Star Wars with all the colored buttons and like they make it look try to look high tech." <laughs> I just I just think it's funny like high tech eighties stuff is really really funny they yes they think more and more back then technology is like more screens more dials more buttons buttons, and then everybody's today's like buttons it's like everything's small and yeah you can do so much with like one little screen aliens the aliens movies were the worst aliens yeah that's a whole yeah but it's aesthetic is so beautiful that it's like a wall of buttons not even just like a couple panels of buttons none of it like makes sense star dude star wars look at those star wars ships, it doesn't all make sense things <laughs> popping up yeah it makes no, no sense like what do you do what do you have like a million light bulbs on the ship like right. seriously what who mm-hmm. designed this shit there's looks nothing like what we make for outer space in real life but <laughs> yeah i don't know there's, i like I like the typography. You guys didn't notice this, but like this movie has really nice typography in the uh, basement uh, car uh, the parking garage parking lot. Yeah, the parking lot. And the, yeah, the parking garage. The very nice typography. Uh, I, just I would not have known there, that, so. noticed that at all. <laughs> <laughs> also, what? Well, what company do you know of that has their Christmas party on Christmas Eve? That is true. Like, that, is, that is also a fucking weird thing that I saw. Like I noticed, like. Why would you have like? Right. I wouldn't Most be people want to spend Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve with their families and whatnot. But. You can fuck off, Mister Takagi. I'm not coming to your goddamn. It's I mean, fun, dude, that party people dumb, are doing dumb coke. Stuff. Oh yeah, they're all <laughs> like, like banging each banging other, other in like, the offices. Yeah, yeah like, on the desks. There's there's multiple. There's a lot more titties in this movie than I remembered. 
there yeah, was another thing I wasn't expecting. Stuff, yeah. I mean, I I guess I forgot this movie was rated R, but I mean, there's tons of f bombs and boobs and whatever. Uh, oh, tons! There's, there's of a lot of f bombs. The one like he walks past the calendar, like as he's, yeah, he, like, he touches he's the run, he's run away from the terrorist nudie poster. Well, that's the. That's he the hope. second time. He does it twice. The first time yeah. he walks past it, he does he does like a he double take and he double looks take. at it. Yes, I noticed that. And yep. then he goes down and he comes back. But when he goes by, he just does, makes a little hi girls. He says he girls and touches gives it. Them all, yep. It gives him like, like a little dumb really shit funny. like that. I thought it was funny. You're making the most of your R rating right there, but yeah, that's a that's a hell of a Christmas party. That does sound like a blast. I guess. I want to say the explosions hold up, um, like when John does the really big one and when he drops it down the okay. elevator shaft. I had a problem with that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I mean, it was cool, but like one tiny brick of C4 makes an entire floor of, you know, this huge building blowout. I don't know about that. I thought it was a couple. It was one. It was, it was like one brick of C4 four. he dropped. I, I, I watched it last night. And they put it on a computer monitor, right? And then put it he, on the chair. Yeah, he put it on the chair to weigh it down, and then he pushed it out the elevator. I mean, obviously, there. I mean, there could have been like explosive stuff. Yeah, down but in the, this is the eighties, where if a car flips over, exactly. It explodes That's what I'm saying. They wanted that huge explosion. I appreciated yeah. oh, the big uh, explosion, but I just thought it was funny that it was a quick, tiny thing. Officer C4. Winslow, when we're introduced to him, poor guy. He, Powell, he's like walking around, like, all right, cool. And he hangs out with Huey Lewis uh, in the news, like in the lobby for a little bit there. And they're like, all right, whatever. And like, he doesn't pick up that there's anything going on. And he, he doesn't get killed. Yep. Oh my God. That was like such a and good And then scene. he's like singing. He's like, yeah, nothing here. And he like comes and he's like singing all of a sudden. I just, that shot was so cool because like, you get in the car with, with him and it's just instantly, it's slow mo, a body falling onto the hood. A villain would do that. But that's how John is trying to he's get trying this guy's to get his attention. attention like, yep. And then, oh, then so he says the great line, welcome to the party, pal. I love that. was a gr- yeah, such a good line. Yes, yes. <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. There's a lot yeah, of good, so good, a lot of good one-liners in this movie. Um, he says, uh, oh, he also said when he did throw the uh, C4 down the elevator shaft, he said, Geronimo, motherfucker. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was reading no. something about how like the yippee ki was just like a throwaway line. He was trying to make like the camera guys laugh or something like that when they were doing I mean, it. And he well, didn't think they were actually in the most in the movie, iconic but... movie or iconic line in the movie. <laughs> when I was watching this movie with Hans, like when Hans and, and John actually engage for the first time, that's when he does that at the end. Um, when he's like, who are you? And he's, you know, like security guy is like ah, i guess again and he's like fucking with him and all that stuff and he's teasing him um the, the way the camera works i don't dave i don't, I don't know it, did you know this is a noir i've never thought of this movie as a noir but hmm, really it's it is a noir a noir is a movie that's always in at dark uh they have extreme lighting going on with high contrast rather and uh the angles are always low and sometimes they'll go they'll pivot right so like when when John and Han, I know we're all over the place, but like when John and Han uh, Gruber come across uh, paths, and he like Han doesn't have a gun or something like that, so he acts as like an American to get out of it. The whole time the sh- that scene, the camera is. A- I did an notice angle. that, yeah. And you're they're constantly huh. looking, peeking through like windows and blinds mm-hmm. and doors and all that stuff, and yes, yeah, so I, I thought you have it to be cool. more more black and white, more contrasty, more that kind of stuff to be noir. It's usually like a crime drama or something like that. That's usually noir stuff, but 
Noirs don't have to be I black and white. I wouldn't I mean, consider it a Blade noir. Runner's a noir. You don't think this is a noir? No. Really? Okay. Don't. We'll see. I'll, you're wrong, I'll, but okay. I'll have to wrong. Google it, and we can, we, can, we can argue that later. We'll see. Any other... Uh, well, Erica, is your first time seeing it. Like, I know... Yeah. I, I knew that you would think that... It, I knew that you would think that it was awesome, because it is a classic, awesome movie. Dude, but, yeah. Are there any other things that, like, specifically... So, like, with the ending? Did the ending throw you off at all? Uh, I think I knew... I mean, Hans Gruber's death is a pretty awesome uh, villain death where he just fucking falls from, like, super high, and they just watch him go down, down until he fucking smacks Oh, the, the chief pavement. is like, oh, I hope that's not a hostage. Right. Yeah, that was, <laughs> so that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I was... But, like, earlier, that idiot's like... He's like, fuck that chief, man, because uh, Powell's telling him he's like that guy in the inside that's he's a good guy i can tell and he's like how do you know and he's like a guy got thrown up the building landed on my car and what does the right. guy, chief say oh it's the holidays maybe somebody lost a lot of money it's probably a jump yeah he probably <laughs> jump. committed suicide it's that, just like that was so stupid you are that dumb it's not a coincidence you think that it's or you think it is a coincidence that happened no that I police mean, chief was a that guy dick. i hated that sucked. guy yeah he sucked but yeah, Powell was great. And at the end, for somehow Carl comes back fucking after he gets his neck. Well, he had his hand on on the. If you look when he die dies, like when he fights John later. Okay, on. he was hanging there for like ten minutes. I know he's like thinking what he was gonna Whatever. do. How did he even get down there? They grabbed Sus- his body and dragged him down. Right. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Suspend disbelief. But Carl comes back up. from the dead. <laughs> yeah, and then. Al saves the day, just whips out his magnum and, and lays into Carl and kills him. That was that was a good scene. Carl got his well. They, Carl, they set I mean, it up. They Al set got it his up. comeuppance. Yeah, because like he tells John that whole story about Shooting how he a killed a kid, an accident, and you know he was off duty. He was never gonna fire a gun again. And then at the end, he saves the day, whips out his gun, and just kills Carl like a badass. But yeah, that was a good scene. Um, I don't know. There was tons of good scenes and funny the moments. The reporter. In this, uh, so when the huge explosion happens on the top, and it's like crazy, right? Like they just blew up the whole top of the building. The FBI mm-hmm. just got wiped out. Um, the helicopter's falling. That explodes because, of course, the 80s, everything's got to explode. And uh, everybody's just like blown away that what they just saw. And then the cameraman's like, oh, my God. Tell me you got that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like this That's fucking guy. You think he cares? Getting the shot. You think yeah? He's like you think he cares for a second, and he's just like, tell me you got. He just wants the the scene. Like okay. so many characters, mm-hmm. man. It's just cool. There's just so many people in this movie, and even like the yeah. reporter no. and the the news anchor have something going on. And there's a scene when the news reporters like trying to talk about help talk about the the um the hostage. Uh, the hostage experts out there and they're like referencing something and he references something to act like he's smart and the camera it's right. a cool shot because I do it's like you're where the the, the studio like uh, director is like watching like, his perspective and this idiot anchor says like the wrong country when he does his reference and it was supposed to be Finland instead of Sweden or something and they're like no it was Finland and he's just like he just sat there just like ah oh, I got that wrong and the fight I don't know it was a 10 second shot it was weird it was a long shot and i thought that was just i do yeah that was the good. humor in this movie is good the ho ho i got a machine gun ho 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 like fuck love it when the uh F- when the fbi shows up it's agent johnson and special agent johnson <laughs> <That was good. laughs> 
I like uh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they do we get to the, do we get down to the big question? All right. No. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna mention when fucking Mister Takagi gets his brains blown out. I mean, that was the moment where they kind of uh, established that they weren't fucking around and they were gonna do whatever it took to get what they wanted. Because. It, but even then, there was still some comedy in that scene because the hacker guy and the blonde guy with the machine yep. gun, they were betting on whether he would tell her. That, so you got that little, you got that little chuckle I do in like there that. too. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I like that there was a lot of <clears throat> levity in it. Like it wasn't, it didn't take itself too seriously no, at all. I like that when the, when the LAPD yeah. rushed Dude. the building, the guy catches his hand on a thorn or something. He's like, ah. <laughs> I yeah. Like, what, what are I, these do, I was like... The, and when uh, there's just a random scene where there's one of the terrorists was like chilling behind like a counter and he grabs like a candy bar. He's like looking at the candy bar and he grabs one. And he's like, oh, like that was really good too. There's just a lot of like really funny little moments in this movie, and some awesome. No, no waste awesome of time action. in this one. Nope, definitely not. Every every little scene's chock full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do we get to the do we get to the elephant in the room? No, please, Dave. Uh, yeah, I think we can wrap let's this up. It. Let's, 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 I, let's, it seems like it came about in what, like the last five years or whatever, the Die Hard Christmas movie conundrum sure. or whatever. And I kind of, I don't know, I always treated it as like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's a fucking Christmas movie. Die Hard was more like, it was, at, it was during Christmas. It's more like Christmas is adjacent because it's not about Christmas. But then... When I rewatched it, I started writing down every time there was like a Christmas reference. I started writing something down, writing something down. And then I noticed I, got, I had like I got a lot of Christmas stuff. I like I had like I don't know. I had a list of Christmas things like oh now he's whistling jingle bells. Oh the cops singing jingle bells when he's walking out with his Twinkies. And then did you notice you got the Christmas party? And then you got Chris, like Christmas in the limo. Like it was like it's all over. There's so many there. times in this movie in like the background music where they intersperse the Ode to Joy theme into all. I the noticed music. that. Dun, 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 yep. dun, 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 dun. So but it'll be like deep cellos. They have like ominous versions of it. And like you know, darker versions of it when like the terrorists are coming in, and like yeah, it's it's, it's all over the place. Well, yeah. real quick, so I was looking at the how this movie got made because like they took a book from like 1979 and they made a movie 1988. So this was like kind of going around a little bit in Hollywood till it finally got figured out. But the one producer who was like really in, like he had like I think he had like two rules. One was the building, right? Like it has to be in that building. It has to be called that or whatever. But he said it has to, has to, has to have a Christmas theme to it. It was very important. He thought that was just what would make this movie different is by purposely putting it in on a Christmas theme. So you tell me that this is not a Christmas movie when the producer said it has to be in the movie. They add it to all these subtleties. It is the closing it's song. It is... I, I think it's... Per, I mean, yes. Is it a family Christmas movie? No. But is... Is that the, is that exclusive to Christmas? Is family movies? I, I think there's I mean, subgenres, and I think this is an adult I Christmas think movie. This is on my yeah, on my first watch, I would say yes, it is a Christmas movie, even without knowing any of that about the director's intent. But yeah, just because I mean, the whole conceit is that John McClane is going back to California to see his family for Christmas to spend Christmas with them. I mean, that's the entire conceit of the yeah, movie. The story arc just closes gets, at the end. Yeah, exactly. And then they go home, at whatever, him and his wife make up, and they go back, you know, assuming they go back home and celebrate Christmas. 
So yeah, I you I think about s- like not sorry, yeah. No, it's, go ahead. Like back in the eighties. Back in the eighties, like you think of what Christmas movies there were. Like nineteen eighty eight, like what did you have? You have like It's a Wonderful Life and you probably got like a couple cartoon Christmas movies like Peanuts and Charlie Brown or whatever. Sure. Is Gremlins a Christmas like, movie? I mean, that's very similar to this, where it's that's true. Violent. Good point. Just you know, yeah. Takes but place in like Christmas. That, like, like it seems like they're like it got out of hand in like the nineties and two thousands with like, oh, we're gonna put fucking Goldberg in a Christmas movie and have him be an evil Santa and fucking murder people and stuff like that. So if you look, I don't know, if none of that shit existed, do you consider this a Christmas movie? And fucking absolutely do, because, I mean, it doesn't have Santa, but... It is it interesting is, that... It is Christmassy. It is interesting that, I mean, most Christmas movies were released during the holiday season, but this movie released in July, in the summer. But, it, I mean, it doesn't is matter. That true? I is, mean, that, is that true? Did, like, Home Alone come out in... I think so. December? <laughs> Not maybe not December, but during a lot the of movies come out holiday on season. Christmas though, and they have nothing. I don't I know. I think like... I got, I think I got Home Alone on VHS for like four Christmas, so I think it must have come out. I think they usually try to time like Christmas themed movies for the holidays, but well, it makes sense. Who doesn't? A, yeah. yeah, that I feel. That's like... why I say it's more of an action than a Christmas. It's more of an action than a Christmas, but yeah, it had yeah, it's an action Christmas movie. That's that's it. Home that's Alone all you need to say about it. Came out in. November sixteenth, so that is absolutely Home Alone, right yeah. in that sweet spot. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, well, I don't think there's in I was gonna say, yeah, as far as whatever, my first watch, I've loved it. I thought it was great. I wanna watch it again. I wanna watch whatever the sequels. At least two and three, which are the ones Stop that you guys said yeah. are important ones. It's tough, man. It's tough. I haven't watched the last one. I did watch I think the the one or two before the last I've, I've seen all of them except the last one I was gonna how say many are there? how many Six? yeah how many are there like, I watched like at a certain point I think a, I don't know if is there five now I think it might have been four like you got like John McClane's like jumping off the wing of a Harrier jet over like it shit took the fast like, it took like, the fast and furious just, route pretty quickly they just they just yeah they went way too far like at three he's still like a dude that's a cop that like can fight and he can get the shit beaten out of him too. And I don't know, but well, after, no, after three, that's did you where, notice that's that Dave? Like in the first one, he What's saves that? a building. The second one, yeah. he saves an airport. The third yeah. one, he saves a city. The fourth Just one, he saves the country. And, and the fifth one, he saves the world. Yeah. I didn't see the last one because like, what is he saving? The fucking wow. universe? The, the galaxy. Yeah. Right. That's, I was going to say that. I feel like that's what happens when you have a franchise going that long. In the fourth one, he jumps on like a fucking jet fighter, dude. And one eventually, that's, yeah, that's like, the one I was talking about. If you yeah, if a franchise like, goes long enough, that? no. If a franchise goes long enough, it'll eventually get to space. Look at Fast and Furious. Look at <laughs> the Jason movies. Jason went to space. Like leprechauns in <laughs> space. Lepre- Leprechaun, yes. Like the farther, like you have to one up each movie. So the, the longer franchise goes on, it's always going to end up in space. No. Well, look at Indiana Jones and how that worked out. Fucking aliens showed up and they ruined it. <laughs> there you go. Mm, wah, wah, wah. All right, closing comments. Nice. We all liked it. I loved it. I, I'll yeah, probably uh, have to watch it again. I might just, well, 
I had to rent it on Amazon Prime, so I feel like I should just fucking buy it or buy a, you know, the, the first trilogy or something. Just have them on hand. Yeah, it's always on sale. Just pick it up next time you t- see it on sale. But yeah, I'm glad I watched it. Um, and yeah, I I feel like uh, that's that's a movie I'm well, gonna that- add to my uh, to my list of classics. But yeah, a lot of what I want to do with the podcast is fill in a lot of those holes I have. Like, there's some definitely some fill big your movie holes, holes I have in my. Yes, I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's hear some. Fill of them. all of my holes. Mm. Interstellar. So, hopefully, yeah. I've got there's some classic Wolf movies Wolf I need to. I need. I need to watch, or yeah, a couple classic movies I need to watch. Like I was saying, a lot of those Robert De Niro movies, Casino Heat, all those ones. Mm. I want to watch those. Oh, man, I Godfather seen in a while. Yeah, mobster movies are the best. They're always fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, well, let's fill those holes. Um, <laughs> but right now, let's let's take a break, and then uh, we'll play uh, Two Truths and a Lie. Does that sound cool? Sounds good to me. Sounds fucking great. Be right back. Okay, we're back, and we have a game, and it is called Two Truths and a Lie, and I will be hosting this one. We're going to have Eric and Dave go against each other. So I think everybody knows the rules of this. It's pretty easy. It's Let's pick a topic, uh, and then for that topic, there's going to be two truths, one lie, and these guys are going to tell me which one is the lie or the truth. Whoever gets it right gets a point. They both get it right. They both get a point. Uh, ding, ding. What's that? Ding, ding. That's for all my points. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah man, you beat me last week. So. <laughs> ding, ding. Uh, so there's five, five, five little topics. And then you're gonna, we're going to try our best to see you know, which one's the lie in each of those. And then if there's a tie break, then we're just going to go do uh, what we did last time, which was the uh, player count where it's <laughs> trying to guess how many people are playing this game online. So, okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about before I do this? Otherwise, we're going to get right into it. I got a number in my head. I'm okay. Ready to go. All right. Uh, yeah. Dave, what's the number? Uh, six. Okay. One through... I'm going to go five. Ten. Right in the five? middle. Dave wins. It was ten. Ding, ding. <laughs> oh, wow. This is my first win. Uh, yeah, so Dave, congratulations. You get to go first. And the topic is Jaws. Wow. Yep. Jaws. Ooh. So I'm going to read off three facts, but unfortunately one of them is actually a lie. Here we go. <clears throat> In Jaws, the name of the shark was Bruce. There was supposed to be two sharks originally. It was also almost called in the stillness or the stillness in the water. The stillness in the water? Yes. Hmm. Because Jaws was actually a book before a movie. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, I can see a couple of those being true. I'm going to go with number two being the lie. 
I don't think there was going to be two sharks. I don't know. That sounds odd to me. I could see Bruce. I could see still miss of the water. Um, I'm going to also mm. go with number two. I know number one is true because I'm pretty sure, Brandon, you t- actually told me that not too, too long ago. Oh, did um, I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the f- yes, that is true. No, yeah, you guys down. are right. You guys are right. Yep. They didn't originally want to. That's okay. So, uh, oh, so we were both yeah, right? Yeah, you both, both got a point. Ding, ding. ding sweet. Look at you, Jaws experts. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Jaws. This is a good one. I gotta watch that it's again. It's really good. The me- music's really good. I used to really love Jaws as a kid. Beyond the dun 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 I haven't stuff. seen him in a long time. Okay, so uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> all right, Ooh, so I think okay. we all know enough oh, about this, but you don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so Lord of the Rings, three facts. Here we go. Brad Pitt was actually originally picked to play Aragon. The Fellowship of the Ring had a budget of only $93 million, but it pulled in $897 million. Sean Connery was offered the role of Gandalf for the trilogy, but he turned it down. Hmm. Those are your three facts. Knock yourself out, Eric. That's a tough one. So this is me? Oh, man. Although, who wasn't wanting to be in this movie? (laughs) It's crazy. I I feel like I remember the Sean Connery thing. I could be wrong, though. Numbers could be easily fudged. Well, um, right. I yeah. Uh, some movies are so big Brad Pitt. that the m- numbers can be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and Brad Pitt for Aragon, huh? That's interesting. I like your inflection uh, when you're reading these; it makes them more convincing. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. This one's. This is a toughie. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go with number one, Brad Pitt. Really, the Brad Pitt one. I could see, I could see false. Brad Pitt being well initially like being like a first choice, I guess. Sean Connery, yeah, I could see that just because he would be an interesting wizard, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess this is number two because I think it probably cost more than ninety three million to make that movie. Is my initial guess. I'm second guessing. It's just myself. insane. Eight hundred and ninety. Eight hundred and ninety-seven thousand uh, million dollars from like less than a hundred. That's it's insane. Um, yeah, uh, that's actually true. Uh, Eric called it out. Brad Pitt was originally. Yes. Fuck yeah. yeah! Ding dong. So yeah, I don't know. I know it's kind of a boring one to throw in the numbers, but when I saw that, I was like, "That's just a crazy fact." Like, that it almost pulled in a billion dollars in like two thousand what one two thousand. Is that just from the out? first movie, or is that from the first trilogy? Like total, it, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, the just Fellowship, the just the first movie. I mean, it's the best one. That's insane. I mean, yeah, I mean, Brad Pitt might have been picked in somebody, but we'll never know. Like, they probably. I can see like, him being like the. Like the casting person's like first choice or whatever, but like people, the director like, or whatever, yeah. like shooting that down immediately, being like, "No, that. he doesn't do fantasy." I, I definitely movies. remember. <laughs> I definitely remember the Sean Connery thing. That would have been an, an interesting choice uh, if <laughs> Sean Connery was game. Oh, thank God he wasn't. 
Jesus, thank God. <laughs> no offense, but I mean, uh, that was the perfect casting, man, uh, for Gandalf. Jesus Christmas, man. All right. Brad Pitt uh, was the next topic. Troy, though. He if was. If you look at Brad Pitt yeah, and Troy, he was actor. fucking fantastic. So he would have been a good Aragon, but they did right. Uh, we, we've only done, what, like two movie reviews so far, and one of them, Brad Pitt was amazing in it. It was the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this next topic I picked is Sega Genesis. Mm. This is actually pretty cool. Ooh, I was learning about okay. Sega. This is kind of fun. <clears throat> the Sega Genesis had wireless controllers. The Sega okay. Genesis was actually Sega's third console. Originally, they were going to call it the Super Sega Genesis, but when Nintendo came out with the Super Nintendo, they had to scratch that. Day first. First yeah. one was the Sega Genesis had wireless control. Oh, I'm sorry. Day first. Yeah. Yeah. Wireless third console and Super Sega. I think Super Sega could be it, but the hardware brain in me says that that was too early for wireless controllers. I'm gonna go with number one wireless. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Atari have wireless controllers? Didn't they have a version where they had wireless? I could be completely wrong, but I, I feel like our wireless controllers were earlier than that. Could have been that. like one of those, a version yeah, one of, of the them. later releases of an Atari, maybe. I don't know. Let's see. I'm going with the Super Sega one. I'm saying that once in the a while. The Sega Genesis had wireless controllers, um, and I didn't say they were the first. So if Atari had them as well, they did. I just saw that that was the Son fact that they actually had them. But, but Sega Genesis also had like online gaming, remember, through the TV, through your cable, which is crazy. Uh, there's a couple of things that Sega was doing back in the day that was pretty impressive. So, yeah, good, good for the Japanese uh, developers back then. Uh, the lie was... No, they they didn't want to call it Super Sega Genesis. <laughs> so yeah, Eric, yeah, Eric got that. Known that. that was, Hell yeah! That was easy. Oh, <laughs> so easy, Eric. That Dave got it wrong. <laughs> oh fuck! All right, guys. Damn it! Let's go to this one. This is kind of All fun. Right. Uh, I was gonna say. I think I already won. Now I think it's three to one. No, so. you guys both. Oh, I see what you're saying. But what if you go on a losing streak and got, Dave t- he still has a chance to tie this? So wasn't there only one left? But if you met, no, there's two. There's two left. Yep. Oh, there's two left. If you if you get oh, either one of these came ones, with right, six of them. Ones. All right, ready? No, five. So we can. I was gonna say we could tie. Yes. But haven't we done three already? We've done Jaws, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, and so Sega there's Genesis. two. Three, okay, I'm gonna hit it. And I'm now we're going yeah, into okay, numbers so, are tough. So we could tie. Yes. Yeah. We could tie. We could. Okay. Or if you win, then it's over. All right, ready? Halo Two. I okay. am going to share these three facts. Are you guys ready? Halo Two. Ron Perlman voice character in this game somewhere deep inside did you know that maybe i don't know is it true we don't know halo 2 had a four-player co-op mode originally but it because of the limitations of the console they had to remove it and go back to two like they did in the first game and halo 2 spawned the term noob tube back in 2004 because of that game so Ron Perlman is a voice actor in Halo 2. <laughs> Halo 2 wanted to have four-player co-op, but because of limitations, had to go back to two, like the first game. And the third one 
this is the game that spawned the term noob tube. Who's first on this one? Me? Yes. Okay, this is this is a little tricky because I know that Ron Perlman was at least in the Master Chief collection, like the remade cutscenes. I don't know if he was in the original Halo 2, though. Because we just played that. I remember him voicing a character in that. Fuck. Um, second one was four-player co-op, but they had to scrap it. What was the third one again? Noob 2? Yeah, they spawned the term Noob 2 back in 2004 in uh, that game. The players, Oof. obviously. Halo didn't be like, that's called Noob Tubing. <laughs> um, oh, man. This is tough. Well, that's a good Noob Tube. Uh... Are you, so for Ron Perlman, are you are you counting the original or original? Like this any, is the 2004 like, Halo Two original. Yeah. Okay. I All don't right. know if they replaced voices or not in um, the new one. Maybe maybe they maybe they didn't. That's that's okay. Um, man, these are all good. These are all believable. Um. I see what you're saying, like, oh, shoot, if I know he's in the game, was he, did they add him in the remake? Or is Brian trying to trick right, me? Right, that's what I'm... You know, and, like, was it... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm... That's what's going through my head right that's now. Funny. And I'm I'm debating. I don't know if I'm just in my own head or if that's actually Halo true. Halo 2 was a big deal, man. That was a big deal for Xbox. They had a huge hit with Halo 1. So Halo 2 is, like, Microsoft's chance of, you know, putting, like, hey, we're a console that's going to be around for a while, so... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'll 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 just I'll just say number three. Number three, Halo Two didn't. You're saying no, that didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa I still got to pick. Didn't. No, yeah. Don't know. But you're saying that they didn't okay. make the term. That's not where the term noob tube came from. I'm sick. That's where. Uh, yeah. I'm, what are you I'm thinking, Dave? I don't. I don't know if there was a noob tube in Halo Two. I don't know what gun would be the noob tube. So I'm thinking that could be the lie, but if I guess the same as Eric, I'm gonna lose anyways. So I'm gonna I'll say four player co op. I'll uh it oh, seems like David. Cause you you're cause, you're good, you're okay, you're good. That's that is the lie. I Okay, there was no, I was gonna say okay. that was, was that was three sixty, right? What's that? Halo two is three six Halo two is three sixty original Xbox. Halo 2 was in a 360. Yeah, there's only two player co-op in that one. Yeah, that seems a little bit too much. Yeah, four player co-op didn't oh, come good. out until oh man, 3 or 4. I'm trying to think. I know if it's in 5, but it's all everybody has to be online. I don't think there's ever I thought that was believable because you said that they they wanted to do it but they took it yeah. out, which I I believe that, but that was what, a good one. That what was a gun? Good one. What gun was the noob tube in uh, Halo 2? Uh, I have my facts here. Um, Do you have this information? Yeah, the Halo... I'm curious, because I always think of the Call of Duty underbarrel grenade launcher as my noob tube. Oh, okay. That's that's my standard. I'm just curious what... uh... I'm getting the the Halos down. I I gotta crank through about three or four of them before uh, five comes out. 
Know Your Meme has uh, NoobTube, Halo 2. It's because of... Let me see here. What is this? Uh, It was a grenade launch mode that was attached to... Underbarrel? The assault rifle. Nice. Okay. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. Perfect. Which I always thought it was um, a COD thing, you know? That's where I heard it. But apparently it spawned mm. from Halo 2. So that was a cool little fact. Hmm. All right. Well, hey, nice. shit. Here we go. Eric, your chance to win it or Dave to steal it and take you guys into the final round. Ooh. All right. So <laughs> I didn't get too crazy with the topics. I think Jaws is the one that was kind of random. But we've already talked about a lot of these things. So, yeah, surprise. Skyrim. Talking some Skyrim. Okay. Nice. Yep, mm-hmm. I just know you guys know these games, so I want to give you guys a chance. Uh, Skyrim. The actor who voiced Mario also voiced the dragon at the end, Parthenex. Conversations between Bethesda and George R. R. Martin, uh, or George R. R. Martin's whatever people, almost made Skyrim into a Game of Thrones game. The Lord of the Rings famous one ring to rule them all is an easter egg buried deep hidden in one of the dwemer buildings that was only recently found really I... so the three facts are the guy who voiced mario also voiced the, the dragon at the end of the game parthenex charles martinet uh, the conversations uh there were conversations between bethesda and george R. R. martin about making skyrim actually into a Game of, the Th- Game of Thrones game. And if you look deep, 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 deep in one of the Dwemer uh, caves and buildings and all that shit underground, you'll find the one ring. To I ring wonder what it does. Hmm. I'm first here. Um, I could so see. You gotta think, like, the guys at Skyrim, they're big fans of Game of Thrones and sure. Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's. I could see the, the Mario voice actor thing. I can see number three with the ring being an easter egg somewhere i don't know what it would do that's my kind of curiosity as to like what would the one ring do in skyrim but i don't it's probably think just a that named it's probably just a named ring that doesn't even it gives you like ring. a little health boost or something Makes you invisible or something could be i'm gonna go with number two though skyrim and game of thrones were no you don't you don't mix oil and water that's uh they're separate but equal entities. They do their own things. I don't think that that would have. Happened. So Dave thinks no, Game of Thrones, Skyrim. That almost didn't. Ne- that never happened. Yeah, we were not talking. Okay. What about you, Eric? What are you thinking? Nine. Well, you messed up, Brandon, because I did Skyrim facts last week, and I know <laughs> which ones are true and oh, which ones really? are false. Oh. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because Dave already got it wrong. So, I mean, it is what it, it worked out. So, well, what? Which one's the lie? I know that number one is true. And if, well, if Dave got it wrong, that means number three has to be the lie, right? Yeah. He, oh, he lost as soon as he so said yeah, that. I'm calling shenanigans. Wait, why? I'm calling did, shenanigans. Did you, did you, uh, why? Before I even gave that away, were you thinking that the ring, the one ring I to rule the mouse? I, I was, because, well, you already, I mean, it would have been a coincidence that Lord of the Rings was already brought up, but I definitely remember 
looking those facts up and seeing those. That's funny. All right. The Game of Thrones one? (laughs) Yeah. I I wonder what books were out when they were had this, because this Skyrim came out well before Game of Thrones. 11, 11, 11. Game of Thrones came out in the 90s. These guys are fucking big-ass nerds that love fantasy. I mean, they had to have been influenced by George R.R. Martin, right? Yeah, but the, the HBO show hadn't started yet. When did that start? When did HBO get the show? Oh, it's apparently true. Apparently, it almost happened, or maybe not almost, but it it was considered like they were in talks. The timing, so. yeah, the timing seems like it would line up, line up for like the original, you know, starting production on the Game of Thrones show back in April seventh, April seventeenth, twenty eleven. Yeah, shit. That's right. Yeah, that's right when Skyrim was about yeah, to come and out. And Skyrim took fucking years to make, so. And the 11, TV show 11, took... 11, yeah. I was going to say, they were probably in production at the huh. same time. Son of a bee sting. I guess no more ding-dings for Dave. I uh... <laughs> No more ding-dings. <laughs> I'm not going to space camp well, this year. congratulations, Eric. You won. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was, that was, that was yes. pretty cool. Uh, okay, well, that's the third uh round of yeah we do this in three so next week we'll introduce a new game at the end but we will figure something out for that maybe we'll bring back one of the older ones maybe we'll come up with a a new game Uh, i think that's always fun eric do you mind uh transitioning us into some social activities i know you've been pretty active out there i know we got some emails uh yeah what's going on we'll plug some we'll plug some stuff um i posted about uh die hard on twitter um our twitter is at nomads of fantasy you can follow us there um but i posted that we're gonna do an episode on Die Hard, and our good friend jake iveson again replied yeah and this his reply proves that Die Hard it reinforces the fact that Die Hard is a christmas movie nice um he said it's definitely an amazing movie it holds up and for sure is a christmas movie we watch it every year around the holidays my dad's idea uh, was to watch it every Christmas morning, although mom didn't approve that idea, and it still works its way into that time of the year. So they watch it every year. Shit. <laughs> His dad's been holidays. doing it before the internet then, because Dave yeah, was saying that like, five years huh? ago this became a thing. Yep, so... I know, that was my guess, but... There you go. It wasn't as cool as his, Who apparently. Knows? There you go. Um, uh, you can also email us at nomadsoffantasy at gmail.com. And my lovely mother wrote us a very, very nice <laughs> long email. And it um, came with cookies. Yeah, I wish it did. Uh, but I won't read the whole thing. But she her basically just said that she likes the – she really likes the podcast. She really likes listening to it. She really liked the um, – uh, the Star Wars episode. Um, she was, you know, she. I kind of. I was the one that kind of introduced her to Star Wars, so you know, she got a kick out okay, of that. Okay, cool. Um, hmm. I mean, she she w- watched the original movie when it came out, like in the seventies. Right. But I got her into like the the prequels when I was a kid. Um, it's funny. She said, "My Hero Academia." I couldn't really get into that, but I do realize that I'm not a part of your target demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, uh, and she, one of her favorite episodes was the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. Uh, oh, really? 
Because huh. she, she's been wanting to watch that movie, and she watched it just because we did the episode on it. Um, she, well, that makes me happy. Wow, nice. She super enjoyed that movie, and she likes uh, Tarantino movies, so she was really into that. So cool. Um, but yeah, she yeah she wrote super late, nice long email. I'll send it to you guys if you want to read through it. But, uh, <laughs> we'll have to yeah. hire a voice actor off of like Fiverr to read it in a really cool voice. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be cool. Um, and yeah, like we've been saying, we, we've been starting up the Twitch a little bit. We're still kind of messing around with it, but if you want to follow us, uh, you can do it at twitch.tv slash nomads of fantasy. We'll probably pop on there every now and then at least, you know, once a week, maybe for just a game stream, either Dave or I, Brandon is not really into the streaming yet, but we'll, we'll get him there. We, we, we played a little bit. Slowly yeah, but surely. I think he'll play with us. He might not do a solo streams by himself, but he'll do some uh, co-op, no. <laughs> co-op with us on stream. Um, and, yeah, other than that, uh, on Apple, you could rate subscri- or, uh, yeah, rate and leave a review, which would be super awesome. That would help us out a lot. Right. Give us a review. Yep. That's all I got. All right, Dave. Uh, I'm going to let you close because I want you to talk a little bit about oh, God. your Amico tele- in television, Amico. <laughs> uh, just because oh, they Amico dropped like a, a trailer out and it, there I, seems to be some hype going on up there. Um, oh, you're catching me off guard here. Well, hype yeah, hype goes in both directions, I guess. Because what, what was it? Digital Foundry? Mm-hmm. Is that what we were talking about earlier? They always do their performance tests and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, they were... They were kind of shitting on it the other day, and but at the same time, Intellivision did some like uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, the Crayola, mm-hmm. the Crayola, yeah, something like that, yeah, building museum, something like that. Um, but they had people come and play it, and it looked like you know they had young kids and parents that weren't hardcore gamers, which seemed to be the the perfect demographic for it. Uh, they only showed the same game, so it really wasn't a ton of new. It was more of a fluff piece, but not any new uh, gameplay or hardware breakdowns or anything like that. It looks like a real console. It sits on a <laughs> table and plugs into a TV, and you play games on it. So Yeah, when's that coming out? I think it's it's at least real enough. Uh, I believe October of this year. All right. So assuming, assuming there's no production issues or it doesn't get pushed back again in, like, August or something like that, which, I mean, whatever. I... I don't know what was Miyamoto's old saying. A uh, a a released game, a rushed game, is always horrible, but a delayed game is sometimes great, or something along those lines. But <laughs> well, if they if they push it, I'd rather than push it back and have it be good than try and rush it out or hit dates and stuff like that, and not have enough of them or rush games out that are shitty because I don't want a steaming pile of garbage like the VCS. So. No, yeah, I, the only reason why I wanted to plug it is because I. I um I know that Steam is is like coming out with their console finally, and it's like going against like Switch. Oh, yeah. So Steam's gonna definitely like Valve's uh, what's it called Steambox or something. Steam Deck. Yeah, it's gonna take all. I don't know. I think all eyes are gonna go on that because that's the new console. Because we don't get to see new consoles coming out. Or, like it's Nintendo, sure. Sega. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sega, Nintendo, <laughs> uh, PlayStation, and Xbox. It's those three, and everybody else that tries fails, right? Looking at OnLive, Ula, Ula, or whatever stupid name that was. Ooh, yeah. And then, yep. like, Am- 
And then yep. Amazon has, or what, Google has something, right? Like Stadia. Stadia. Yeah, Stadia, whatever that crap is. Amazon but, had Luna. They have their Luna streaming service, which, yeah. You know, and I think, like, it's, it's, it sucks because in, tele, in television, can't catch a break, I think. They are definitely the underdog. But I was on Clubhouse, and I was just hanging out with a bunch of people in this one room. We're talking, and these guys are, like, in their, some of them are 30s, some are in their 40s, and they were reminiscing about the days of playing couch co-op and i was just listening to them talk for a little bit about this stuff and they they really seem to yearn for it without saying something i didn't say anything Hmm. other than television you know but maybe it could have but you want to be a brand ambassador i've been publicly uh, you know (laughs) yes i've been very anti this console you know i just think that's gonna die like i'm not saying that it's a bad product i just think it doesn't stand a chance so why bother but let's i shouldn't do that steam deck's going for a completely different like people that are buying Steam Deck are not the ones that they want buying. Well, I'm sure they'd like them to buy an Intellivision, but that's not their, I guess, target demographic. If you look at the video from the Crayola thing, it was a lot of it was you know, kids moms and families. That, yeah, kids are having a fucking good time. The mom could pick it up. The grandma can pick it up. I think it's people like our age who know what it's like to play in the couch co-op, and we want to make sure that our kids had a chance to experience that because they don't get to do that with. Fortnite and Call of Duty and Halo and all the other games out there. Uh, so I think it's interesting. I, I wanted to plug this it. Thing, the price the price point worries me though. Like yeah. two fifty two yeah, two fifty. If steep. it was like one ninety nine, it would certainly be a little more accessible to people. Even like because it's got not the greatest processing power. It's probably mm-hmm. you know like a should, tablet coming out of a console. They but. should advertise it more as like a toy and not like a gaming console, you know, like they should, I don't know. They need to do something fancy with their marketing. Uh, their marketing isn't the best. Thing. Yes. They could do much more. No. They're, they're doing, it seems like old rich guy is kind of like leading. Like, I don't know if that's the case with Tommy, but it just seems like just show people like enjoying it. It was like, well, you're not going to show people not enjoying it. So it's just like half the story. Cause you know, it's not, that authentic. well that's what i was saying i was like how many people that's gets me worried how many people did they cut out of that video saying eh, it's, it was okay it's not i'd rather spend 10 bucks and buying a game in my switch than this shit <laughs> yeah uh but anyways well, yeah, we're, we're indie like, supporters yeah. we're a small show and we know that there's like hundreds of podcasts out there we know ign's <laughs> out there we know easy allies are out there hundreds. we know these shows bombcast and I'll, yeah we don't stand a chance but uh, we get it. We're, we're from Buffalo. We understand the underdog story. So I don't know. I'm not saying I'm 100% for it, for this console, but I want to When this thing comes my... out, we're, we're all going to get together, and we're going to stream out our first impressions oh. on it, and it's uh, going to be great. There will be a stream. We're yeah. We'll all sit I, in the same sure. room, couch co-op, the way it was meant to be. Yeah, and we'll give an honest interview if they are listening, if they any of them want to like talk this. A talk about this console with us like we are your demographic and you want to have a real shot at this doing well i think you talk to people like us people who make a podcast about games people who play games people who champion indie games so why wouldn't we be a good voice for you but yeah good i don't know <laughs> we're a new show so maybe they'll hear it and the console's already been out <laughs> Okay, I think we uh, ran out of things to talk about. I had a blast <laughs> watching Die Hard. I'm glad that we all enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Loved super it. cool Fuck that yeah. we got some social activity. Do you guys got anything last you want to say? Nope. Die Hard is a badass movie. Yeah, that about sums it up.
Go watch, go watch the Olympics <laughs> and uh, play more games. <laughs> play more games. Play some board games. Play some board games with your family. You know? Round yourself. Alright, sure. <laughs> I can see Brandon... <laughs> Brandon's just grimacing, nah, grimacing in the agree. Discord chat. Uh, <laughs> somebody just farted in his face. <laughs> <laughs> board games? Why would I play a board game when I have video games? 